0: Morning. This is Dr. Jimmy Stewart, and you're listening to Southern Remedy Kids and Teens on MPB Think Radio, where we talk about kids' issues and your teens' issues, and any other health problems that you want uh, to talk about. So, our special guest today is orthodontist Dr. Jeff Gamblin, and you know, a beautiful smile is such a wonderful thing and powerful thing to give a child, but sometimes. Our children's teeth just don't cooperate. So when should you seek help with routine checkups? What kind of solutions are there to the problems that are out out there with your children's teeth? And are there any long-term health risks for crooked teeth? A lot of people don't know some of those long-term effects uh, beyond just how the teeth look. Well, we're going to be tackling these issues and any other questions that you might have today. You can reach us this morning by calling one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you can email us at kids at MPB dot org. Well Dr. Gamblin, good morning and welcome to Southern Remedy Kids and Teens. Thank you, Jimmy. So uh so tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from and Uh, a little bit about your training uh, along the way. I know you sort of started here and went elsewhere and then came back.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, I appreciate the opportunity to be here this morning. It's going to be a lot of fun uh, these next few minutes. But I was born and raised in Jackson. I did my undergraduate training at Mississippi State. And then I went to dental school here in in Jackson at UMMC. And um, after dental school, I, I chose to... Specialized in orthodontics and uh, did a uh, three years of specialty training in Florida. One year in Gainesville and then two in Jacksonville. And so um, we've been back here in this area for about seven years. And um, love what we do, and I love to talk about it. So I appreciate the opportunity to do that this
0: morning. You know, I so I, I think most of our listeners would know it. A lot of my I got some good friends that are dentists and orthodontists and. I will say, I will say, so my good buddy Dr. Mark Owens, if you know, that he may disagree with this, but I'll say most people like their orthodontists more than their dentists. So I, I you know, if we're doing popularity contests, I'll have to say <laughs> that orthodontists probably are a little bit more popular among their patients. Uh, uh I
1: can't I can't get into that. But um <laughs> but, but I will say that, that we do have a a fun job. You know, it's a it's a lighter side of dentistry where you know, kids and adults, they come in and they kind of know um, what to expect. I think, and it's it's a continual process, so we can kind of continue on a conversation, you know, throughout their treatment. And it's a lot of fun because we get to know these kids and these families on a personal basis and level, and um, and we're helping them along the
0: way, sure. where in, in a way that they can really see the difference. So um, so it's it's fun. Yeah, I imagine, you know, a lot of uh, medicine and dentistry have a lot of things in common and relationships with people, particularly. I think uh, that's that's a big deal when you can start to know and see, particularly kids, you see them grow up and you get to check in on what's going on with their lives. And, uh, and certainly because of genetics and what happens in families sometimes, you know, you can be seeing several different family members and even adults in the family, uh, and you get to know them, uh, you know, over time. Uh, and sometimes they'll drop back in, you know, even after they're, they're, uh, finished seeing you and that it's always nice to, that those relationships are really the things that make, uh, make jobs like that very worthwhile.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, we have an opportunity to, to often treat, you know, a few members of a family and, uh, maybe the children first and then, and then maybe either, even mom and dad are, are interested in some treatment. But, um, but it is fun to watch these kids grow up, you know, and, um, and to feel like you've got an opportunity to, to do a little something good
0: for them. Probably. Absolutely. Well, we've already got a caller this morning. Let's go to Joe in Winona. Good morning, Joe. Are you there, Joe? Yes, sir. Oh, thank you for calling. Yeah, my question is on, say, an 11-year-old boy, young child, would need, that's going to need braces. Uh, not bad, but they will need the braces. And can you, turn the process or the time that, child will have braces, can the, can the teeth be moved where they're wider, the, the, the roof or whatever I want to say, uh, can be wider than than uh, what it would normally be. So for, is that for like other teeth coming in is your main concern? or? Well, I'm talking about like the smile, the, the width. Of, oh, I got, I got uh, you. Of, of, yeah. so, so it's teeth sort of crowded right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Y-
1: yes, sir. That's a great question. And um, I would definitely say that a lot of times uh, within treatment, sometimes we see a, an upper arch that might be too narrow and it might not be fitting with the lower teeth in a proper way. And so we kind of call that maxillary or upper arch expansion. And there are a few different ways to do that, but it's definitely something that uh, that we see a lot of and, and we're, we're able to help. A lot of times widen things out so that they fit the lower teeth in a proper uh, orientation and also provide for um, the erupting teeth to, to, to
0: come on in. So, yes, sir. Yeah. And, it, you know, I think about when patients talk about their children's teeth, they can say, you know, do I need to go to the orthodontist? Uh, you know, I've been talking to my dentist. They say that I need to go. Uh, so there's two common things. So you don't have enough space or maybe there's too much space. And it's, it's a lot. You know, when I first started uh, learning about hypertension, about high blood pressure, uh, I learned quickly. I thought, oh, well, this would be easy. This is easy <laughs> to treat, easy to diagnose. You know, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, There's only a handful of medications. Well, the further you get into it, you, you, you learn, oh, man, it's really complicated. And you're talking about there could be a problem with the orientation of the teeth, uh, with the size of the teeth, correct me if I'm wrong here. Yeah, you're and the, absolutely and then, right. You know the 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 bone structure where mm-hmm. those teeth are anchored into, and uh, and then it changes over time. I mean, I've always been amazed at how you guys uh, can can predict that pretty accurately and mm-hmm. and allow for things to come in. And for 11 year old, you know that you may have a, a good many of those of those permanent teeth that are in there. Uh, but still, things can change, right?
1: You're right. You know, we, as orthodontists, we um, we look at things in three dimensions, and uh, but they always say the fourth dimension that we need to consider is time. Um, so, pre- like you said, predicting facial growth or um, or what a future asymmetry might be m- might look like is something that we take into consideration really with every patient. So uh,
0: that's a good point, Joe. Did that answer your question about those braces? Yeah, I pretty much did, yeah. yeah. Okay. I appreciate you. Thank you for calling, Joe. So uh, so there's not just, you know, when you think about things that everybody, I think, anchors to braces, but I think you alluded to there's other things, depending on what's going on with that structure in the mouth, that you can use over time to either widen, widen bone structure or to move things around, and then also to... You know, for alignment, and uh, and it's a lot of different questions there. Let's take that one, that first one about what are some of the options that you can have depending on what's going on?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think a, a lot of people think about uh, fixed appliances, which are, are brackets and wires. Uh, that that's are-
0: that's like the classical what people. Absolutely. Braces. Yeah. Yes,
1: sir. Braces, uh, on each tooth. Uh, that kind of gives the orthodontist maximum control. Um, it's, we can predictably move things with, with systems like that. Uh, there are also clear aligners. Um, a lot of, um, a lot of the public has heard probably the word Invisalign before, uh, or other systems like ClearCorrect. Uh, these are clear aligners that, um, have small amounts of tooth movement uh, incorporated into each one, and uh, patients wear these aligners for two to three weeks, and, and move to the next one. Um, this process, you know, still needs supervision from an orthodontist uh, to create space and to to make sure things are tracking um, as as predicted. But um, but yeah, so there's. Yeah, there's clear liners. There's fixed braces. Uh, and within the fixed braces, we have um, cosmetic brackets, mm-hmm. which are tooth colored, and, and they're a little less noticeable. But um, but so yeah, there's not just one way to get there. Right. Uh, there are usually multiple options that we're able to um, to present mm-hmm. to patients, and uh, and sometimes you know it can it can even be something, um, you know, like like Joe was asking about an upper arch expander, where we're needing to widen things out, or we're needing to eliminate maybe a. Uh, a habit of a child that's maybe sucking a finger
0: or sucking a thumb or something like that, which can, which can definitely uh, alter tooth position. Mm -hmm. And then some of the, you mentioned a high arch, you know, Mm -hmm. in the maxillary bone, which is that top bone in the mouth. If you were to put a finger in the upper part of the mouth, you'd be touching, you know, the basically skin over that bone. Uh, You know, everybody's different. Everybody has a little bit different structure, even within families, and that can affect that, and and if you apply enough pressure to that over time, you can change those bone structures. So certainly things like sucking, you know, sucking a thumb or a finger uh, can can change that, change the tooth orientation. Yeah, you're right. Uh, so lots of different things, and I guess what what you should go into it with if you're a parent is. It's not just one. You may have heard other kids had certain things. I think parents, sometimes they enter into those, you know, discussions with their orthodontists, and they're sometimes they can become skeptical because it's not what Susie had down the street or what Johnny had, you know, was a little bit different, and they have in their minds, oh, why are you doing something different?
1: Right. Yeah, that's a great point. One size does not fit all. You know, there are a lot of different ways to to hopefully get to... Um, a similar ending point but, um, but you're right you know, we don't, thankfully we don't all look just alike uh, our bones are shaped differently we do grow in different directions if we didn't it might be a boring place you know <laughs> but, um, but as orthodontists we, we do want um, to give everybody a smile that they're really proud of um, and present those teeth in a way that uh, the patient feels really good about it and, um, and in a way that's uh, long lasting and, and
0: functional as well We're talking about orthodontic issues this morning with our special guest, Dr. Jeff Gamlin. And we'd love to hear from questions that you might have about your child's teeth, maybe uh, some specific things about uh, tooth uh, orientation, where they are in the mouth, maybe too crowded, uh, shapes of teeth, because teeth sometimes can come in with different shapes or colors. We're glad to take any of those calls that you might have. And, uh, you know, you mentioned... Uh, um uh, just a while- well let me give the number first there, so it's one eight seven seven m p b ring that's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four so you mentioned um uh, giving a kid a healthy smile and um that's you know people say well that's that's that is important everybody would say well that's that's something that every kid would aspire to, and certainly when they don't have that for whatever reason, let's say a tooth gets knocked out or Maybe they have eruption of their secondary teeth coming in and they're, you know, they're all snaggletooth looking. Um, Really, if you have problems, though, you know, we are as humans, we're so keyed in to when we meet somebody, we look at their face. Mm -hmm. And multiple studies have been done on this on face symmetry and uh, how that's important for socialization skills. And, you know, kids really clue into that early on and they depend on those what we call nonverbal communication uh, tools and, and how they look, and you can really change how a kid grows up and how social they are. You know, it, it, they're almost handicapped in some ways if they if they have a lot of you know a big space in their mouth or crooked teeth. Um, you know, it, and a lot of people have overcome that. Certainly, one that comes to mind is Cary Grant, sure. a famous actor. And uh, most people don't know. I believe he had uh, you know didn't have uh, a, a symmetry to his teeth. If you look really closely in movies, you can pick that out. Mm-hmm. But the way in which he interacted with people and the way even he smiles, you can tell it's different right uh, just because of the way he interacted. But certainly for kids growing up, that's really important. Uh, and it can affect how they interact with their peers, with other kids over time. It's not just a you know, it's a, a lot of people would say, well, that's just sort of a perk, mm-hmm. uh, but it can have a lot of effects. No, you're absolutely
1: right. It um, there are you know major psychosocial uh, benefits is kind of what I would summarize what you're describing as uh, with orthodontic treatment. Um, again, I go back to to why we love what we do and and why it's so much fun. A lot of times we meet a new patient. And they don't—they don't want to smile, you know, and um, they don't even really want to show us their teeth because they're embarrassed or or, or they've been made fun of, and um, and it really is um, a unique opportunity to to watch them uh, gain that confidence, you know. Uh, adolescence is—it's is oh, a, tu- yeah. a tough time of life. It's yeah. a time that I wouldn't want to get back to. I'm um, <laughs> glad I don't have to, but um, you know, so if if we can make that. Um, boost that self-confidence a little bit and make that time for them a little easier, then, uh, wow, what a benefit, you know, yeah.
0: um, I'm sure you've heard of. tons of stories before and after from, you know, from parents about how they interacted with people and then afterwards. And, uh, I've, I've, uh, I've seen some kids that come in the office. You talked about like different types of things that they can have on and certainly the ones that are either, you know, the same color as teeth, or mm-hmm. or clear, mm-hmm. and then you have got those kids that want the loudest, absolutely, uh, <laughs> you know, camo braces or pink or, or I want to show them off, neon, yep. right? Can you make them glow? And they have some, they glow in oh, the yeah. dark, right? Yes, sir. Uh, it's amazing, <laughs> but yeah. Some of those kids really clue into that kind of thing today. Uh, so uh, we're talking about uh, orthodontic issues today. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to go to Jessica in Columbus. But we would love to hear from you if you have any questions about your child's teeth and oral health. You can call us at one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's 1 877 Or you can email us at kids at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back after this break. Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio.
1: work hard to offer a high quality
0: unique product and you need an audience that appreciates this mpb listeners go out of their way to find diverse perspectives and award-winning news and
1: programming make our audience your audience with an mpb underwriting credit for more information go to mpbonline.org
0: Listen to stories and shows. Go to mpbonline.org. Welcome back to Southern Remedy Kids and Teens. I'm Dr. Jimmy here with Dr. Jeff Gamble, an orthodontist, and we're talking about all kinds of orthodontics and uh, and oral health issues with your kids. Would love to hear any questions or concerns that you might have. You can reach us this morning at one eight seven seven MPB Ring that's 18776727464 so we lost our caller but they were asking about appropriate ages for braces and this is a major one you know I, even in in clinic I, I get that question a lot of times uh two big questions that are related to oral health one is when do i first take my child to a dentist and another one is when is an appropriate time for braces Uh, And, you know, so is is there an age or or when would you consider that in somebody?
1: Yeah, great question. Um, I guess first, when do you need to take your child to a dentist? Uh, The American Academy of Pediatrics recommends that children see a dentist by the age of one or as soon as their first tooth appears. So that's a pretty good rule of thumb there. Um, these early and regular visits, uh, they can help prevent cavities and even repair damage when it's minimal. Um, and, and really on top of that, they, they help build trust between the the patient and the provider, even from an early age. So a lot of these easily tolerated procedures that the young patients can have, like, um, you know, cleanings or like we were just talking about fluoride treatments or or dental sealants that can be very beneficial to maintain kind of that optimum oral health through those first few years. Um, Your second question about kind of when a child should see an orthodontist, um, our association, the American Association of Orthodontics, it recommends that all kids have their first orthodontic checkup by age seven. And I know that sounds woo, that sounds early for braces and it is. Um, but for most of our patients the, the, that first visit is uh, is just a checkup and let's make sure that um, that the teeth that should be there are there or that they're close behind. And most of the time we're putting those patients on the appropriate recall. So it could be let's see you in six months or nine months or even twelve months, and uh, make sure that the that the, the that the development that we expect is progressing. Um, One reason for the age seven is that at this time, most of the the time, the first permanent molars have erupted and some permanent front teeth are coming in. So we can sometimes identify jaw alignment issues or impacted teeth or gum tissue problems or even chipped and fractured teeth. Um, You know, some people see kids, Jimmy, that are, Eight and nine, and they might have a few braces on, and and I get the question a lot. Hey, what's what's up with that? Yeah, you know, that seems early. Yeah. You know, like I thought braces was like a thirteen and fourteen year old thing, and um, that's a great question. And when you see a child that has some braces on and they're second or third grade, that's called early treatment. And um, early treatment is uh, is a time where um, the orthodontist and the patient work together to kind of correct something. Fairly major from uh, from progressing. So this might be an anterior or posterior tooth crossbite. It might be severe space loss um, on either arch. Or it might be to intercept a harmful habit, kind of like I mentioned earlier, like a thumb or digit sucking habit, so uh, that that early phase of treatment is is not intended to last as long as comprehensive treatment it 's usually ten to twelve months for most folks and then um, the way I do it is I like to ha- I like to give them a break and mm-hmm. um, allow them to uh, just kind of wear wearing a retainer at night to hold the correction they kind of let everything else kind of come in and uh, all the other teeth and then we reassess where they are uh, when they've got a complete permanent dentition all the permanent teeth have come in and um, so it sounds
0: like a preventative measure for those things that are going to happen later and
1: it is it is and it's the it's the minority of our patients i mean i'd probably say 15 to 20 percent of our patients are in early treatment yeah um so you know I wouldn't want people to think that just because they go see an orthodontist that they're going to walk out of there with braces. Right. You know, 80% of them are weighted on. Yeah. You know? yeah. But to know whether you fall in that 15 to 20% or on the other half, you kind of need that early checkup, in my opinion. Absolutely.
0: Let's go to Patricia in Crystal Springs. Good morning, Patricia. Hello. Good morning. Thank you for calling. I was wondering if you had a broken or a bad tooth, not necessarily a painful tooth. If it could affect your sinuses or your your head health, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Yes, yes, yeah.
1: ma'am, Patricia. That's a that's a great question. Um, it would kind of depend, honestly, to the extent of the break. Um, if this is a fully erupted tooth, um, and we're talking about a small chip, maybe on the edge of your tooth, um, that does not cause you any sensitivity to, to hot and cold temperatures or bother you when you when you eat, it's probably more of a cosmetic thing, you know, that can easily be uh, bonded back. That's something that your your, your dentist would, would help you with. Um you know, if we're talking about a more severe fracture, uh, something that's really sensitive to temperature, or it is painful when you when you bite down, um, you know, the nerve could be involved with that tooth, and uh, and that's something we would really recommend you check in with your dentist uh, right away on. Um, oftentimes, if the nerve is is exposed, it, it can act as a tract for um, some bacteria to travel mm-hmm. um, to the 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 tip of that root and can affect the bone around that root and um and that kind of localized infection can spread so it's not something that we want to um to ignore or put off
0: yeah and and go ahead patricia do you have another question nope okay off, thank you. yeah and and uh, thank you for calling uh you know, the things that people don't realize is how there's been great studies on how oral health in general is tied to other systemic health. For instance, heart disease. Uh, there's a couple of good studies on, uh, you know, if having bad or poor dental caries, that's, uh, you know, cavities, or gum disease, gingival disease. Uh, both of those are linked to uh, to increased risk of cardiovascular disease, and uh, you know, really, if you think about it, it makes perfect sense. I mean, you've got an, an exposure that you you can you can document after brushing your teeth that you seed your bloodstream with bacteria. Well, if you have uh, all kinds of infectious you know things going on in your mouth with poor dentition or poor gum gum health uh, that that's gonna affect you long term uh, and the thought is that you're you're probably sort of uh, allowing bacteria to get into the bloodstream from that those points and it can cause a lot of problems so you know it's not just a broken tooth it's also those those other things that that go along with proper oral hygiene that do matter long term it's not just about your teeth it's about lots of things downstream. Yeah I agree you know some
1: people would say that um, you know the window if you want to take a you know, look through the window of some of your other systems. You kind of would first look at look in the mouth, you yeah. know, and see see how healthy things are, and see how um, you know, stable they are, and, mm-hmm. and, and some of those kinds of things. So
0: I, I I definitely agree with what you just said. Yeah, it's you know I go to Honduras just about once a year, and that's one of the first that's one of the things we look at in all of our patients. You know, not just if they have complaints in their mouth, but to look at the dentition, mm-hmm. and and with kids here too. I mean, that's pretty common to do that. Let's go to Clark in Tupelo. Good morning, Clark. Uh, good morning. I have been wearing, I have a question. I have been wearing a dental appliance. I'm 60 years old and wearing a dental appliance for about two months for sleep apnea. And um, I was wondering, I was uh, due to the inability to tolerate the CPAP. And I was wondering if I should be concerned about my bite or TMJ. My dentist who helped me with that was a little ambiguous about that. It's a, I mean, I can it, I can tell it's sore. and It's a little different. And... I mean, it's not substantial, but I just wanted in the long term if I should be concerned about
1: that. Yeah, Clark, thank you for your call. Great question. Uh, it's one that I've, I've gotten before, just from um, friends and family. Um, so, what you're describing is a is a, uh, a positioner type of appliance that kind of uh, likely uh, brings your lower jaw forward just a little bit, yes, and, uh, and increases your airway space, and, and hopefully that's giving you some relief. But, um, I guess as far as tooth movement goes, by wearing an appliance like that, um, it wouldn't worry me too much. Um, most of the time, um, you know, if we wore something 14 to 16 hours a day, we might see tooth movement, um likely if you're just sleeping in this appliance it's not gonna uh, you're not gonna see your teeth start to shift and move from it now when you wake up in the morning uh your bite might feel a little different okay and the reason for that is as you posture forward during the night okay your jaw um, is rotated down and forward a little bit there's a small cartilage disc that sits um, at the top of your jaw joint and uh, that disc can kind of um it can uh, be a little inflamed in the morning, so when you take that appliance out, you might think, "Oh, I feel a little sore. I feel like my bite's not just right." But by the time you get that cup of coffee or you get dressed, uh, it's probably getting getting back to normal. And so, some of those feelings about uh, your jaw joint being a little a little different um, in the morning is, is is
0: fairly normal with what we see with some of these appliances. Would uh, with things like uh, grinding your teeth, would that accentuate that, too, with an appliance like that? Or It, it can.
1: Most of the time, these appliances, like um, like Clark has described, um, have kind of full coverage over the biting surfaces of your teeth. So um, grinding enamel mm-hmm. won't necessarily happen with them, but sometimes you might notice maybe on the edges of that appliance, hey, it looks like I'm grinding through that plastic a little bit. Mm-hmm. That can exacerbate some of those, uh, those symptoms that, mm-hmm. that you might be feeling in. In the morning so yeah good
0: point yeah it's always you know I, I always counsel patients if something's hurting pay attention to it mm-hmm. i mean there's there's uncomfortable feelings but then there's that pain aspect you really in particular when you start to talk about foreign objects uh, even if they're not implanted in your body mm-hmm. uh, um, you know pain with those chronic pain with those that's not getting better is probably something you need to to talk to them about well, thanks for calling, Clark. We're going to take uh, another call from Charles. Good morning, Charles. Hey, how you doing, Doc? Good. Thank you for calling. I got a question. I had a root canal about seven years ago, in a, far, a tooth pretty far back in my mouth, and uh, the thing's been hurting lately. Now, I went to the dentist. He said, well, it might be uh, sinuses and stuff, yeah. and they treated it for that. But lately, I've noticed um, a metallic kind of taste coming from, which is just I don't know exactly what's going on. But I talked to a couple other people. They said they've had the, you know, pain afterwards. They call it maybe phantom pain or whatever. But i was just wondering. I might go back to him because it like after I drink coffee, it's really bad. And, and it has had a root canal, so there's no nerve there. I don't know what's going on. <laughs>
1: Right. Yeah. That's a great question. You know, um, I think you've done the right thing. um, First off, by, by, you know, voicing your concern to your dentist, Um, root canals uh, are a fairly predictable procedure. They've got a pretty high success rate, uh, which makes, you know, the patient glad and makes the dentist feel good, too, that we're doing something that we can, you know, predictably help somebody with. you know as long as your dentist is and i'm sure they are following that tooth with uh with radiographs uh you know x-rays of, of uh, all the surrounding tissues um th- then i would rest on that honestly and uh and, and know that you're probably fine you know there are some times where um in root canal situations where uh you have to go back in there and retreat it um a lot of times uh, a root will have what they call an accessory canal and it can be really hard to see um, and they have to go back in and open that tooth back up and and um, and, and refill that po- that portion so I would uh, i would keep my eye on it honestly and um, and make sure that you are describing your symptoms uh, to your dentist and uh, seeing them on a regular basis and I think uh, you'd probably be, be in good shape. I, I don't have a great answer for the metallic taste uh, that you might yeah, be experiencing. Do, I,
0: do they put metal up in there or anything?
1: I just like No, sir. Y- usually they don't. They, uh, they use a, it's a really tissue-friendly, kind of biocompatible material called gutta percha. And uh, it's a filling material that uh, that the body responds to really well. And so um, every now and then they'll put a post down into that canal that helps support the crown on top. Um, depending on how much tooth structure you are left with, so, uh, but you shouldn't be tasting anything metal from that post
0: or really that procedure. Yeah, and Charles, I, I, I would mention it to your physician too, just in case, because there's a lot of referred pain that could be you know referred to that area that's not you know not in there. So I I I would certainly do that if you haven't already, uh, just to make sure it's not something else causing that pain. It's probably hysterical ailments. I'll keep my eye on it, Okay. All right. Thanks for calling, Charles. <laughs> they've been great. So it's just this one. Uh, okay. Good. I appreciate your time. All right. right. Thank you for calling. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to continue our discussion about orthodontic issues and other oral health issues with our guest, Dr. Jeff Gamblin. You can give us a call today at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. We'll be right back after this. the arts and music is mpb music radio from classical to bluegrass and everything in between mpb music radio has a sound for every ear for information on where to
1: find mpb music radio visit mpbonline.org
0: southern remedy is a production of mississippi public broadcasting think radio and is funded
1: in part by a grant from the university of mississippi medical center and by the generous support from you
0: our listeners To listen to stories and shows, go to mpbonline.org. Welcome back to Southern Remedy Kids and Teens. I'm Dr. Jimmy here with Dr. Jeff Gamblin, and we're talking about orthodontic issues or other oral health issues with you uh, or your children. I uh, would love to hear from you this morning. In fact, we're going to go to Stephanie from Jackson. Good morning, Stephanie. Hi. Hey. Thanks for calling. Okay, how are you? I'm good. Do you do you have a question for us? Uh yes I do. Um I was just wondering, and this is out of curiosity, if there is any research being done on rebuilding enamel. Um I know that, you know, that's what keeps your, you know, teeth strong and in part healthy. But I know that over time if you drink really acidic things or coffee, um, that the enamel, you know, wears away. Um, is there any, like, research on, like, maybe trying to figure out how to, like, rebuild it um, since it is such a pivotal part of um, our oral hygiene? Uh, Great question. Great question.
1: Yeah, thanks thanks for the call, Stephanie. Um, To answer your question, honestly, I do not know, but I would think there probably is. Um, You know, when I was in my residency uh, a few years ago, uh, we were – pretty surrounded with, with uh, research and research projects and, you know, there is, uh, there's exciting things I think happening in the field of research with with teeth. Um, the f- one that comes to mind is, is uh, growing teeth mm-hmm. from uh, from stem cells, you know, and this is something that, um, that some researchers are doing, you know, missing teeth mm-hmm. is a problem for a lot of folks um, where they're, you know, congenitally missing, like they don't, they just weren't born with certain teeth and, you um, if that could break through for, for that. You know, group of patients, wow, what a, what a uh, benefit that could be. But to your question on rebuilding enamel, you know, I I liked a few of the things that you said um, about it being such an important, um, you know, structure of our teeth. It is the protective layer. You know, it is one of the hardest layers of uh, tissue in the body. But you're right, Uh, acidic things, wear, uh, it can be worn. Um, You know, even um, poor brushing can change the the makeup of enamel and uh, and cause enamel to be different colors you know um, some of the mineralization in there so that I know of. Um, I do not know if if uh, there's current research being done to rebuild enamel. I know there's not anything available to healthcare providers uh, to to prescribe or give their patients for for damaged enamel, you know. Um I think that the uh the the closest thing we have to that are are a lot of great restorative products that dentists use, whether that's um composite bonding or uh you know, a small thin veneer or really aesthetic uh you know, crown full coverage restoration. So right now, um, there's not anything out there that uh, that we
0: could use for something like that. But, man, that'd be great if there was. Yeah, absolutely. I'm mean, I, Okay. Thank, thank you for calling, Stephanie. Thank uh, you. Yeah, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, a lot of the problem is that once those teeth come in, all that enamel is laid down. I mean, you've got all you're going to have at that point, and then, you know, there's it's sort of worn away. So after the teeth have come in, after they've erupted, you're really not able to lay anything down right yeah you're you're exactly right you know the process of of
1: teeth being formed i mean it's amazing it's pretty complex to, to yeah. me yeah you know um i mean primary teeth the our you know our kids baby teeth they they start to calcify in utero you mm-hmm. know in the mm-hmm. first first few weeks of that and um and are completely calcified in the first year and a half of life you know our front teeth their front teeth are and and even in our permanent teeth, the teeth that you know we have for the rest of our life they they begin calcification the first three to four months of our life and um so it it is amazing how the process works and
0: it's very it is very complex, yeah and you know I can't say enough about nutrition uh too, and you know part of that is it's and you just mentioned you know those primary teeth are being laid down and formed uh while that baby's in in mom so Mom's nutrition is very important, getting enough calcium, vitamin D uh, in your diet. For kids these days, I mean, particularly with what most kids are eating, particularly in the South in our state, I mean, obesity is not the only thing that... Mm-hmm. You know, I think people misunderstand that you can have malnutrition even in an obese individual. So if a child's overweight or obese, you can still have... You're not getting those micronutrients, those vitamins and minerals that you need uh, those amino acids that you need for proper development and that can that can have a lot of effects downstream tooth development is no different and we used to see this a lot uh, with vitamin d deficiency Mm -hmm. in some countries and uh, you know certainly other other forms of malnutrition in third world countries we don't really think about it but we're I mean it's it can affect uh tooth development right
1: yeah absolutely you know I think you hit the hot spots there for sure, I mean you know you mentioned calcium uh phosphorus vitamins a c, and d they're all important, you know so um you know, I think that um these these pregnant expecting mothers you know walking around um can't stress the importance of those prenatal vitamins, you know, and taking really good care of themselves uh and their babies uh you know in these first few years of life, you know. As parents, I mean, you know, we need to be modeling uh, good. To do. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it is. We need to be modeling, you know, good good behavior with with the things we eat, uh, with the with our choices of our diet, and uh, and with our oral hygiene practices. You yeah. know, because yeah. you know, if we can get that into our kids at an early age, then uh, we're setting them up for success long term. I think as far as maintaining uh, that their permanent teeth as long as possible.
0: Right. Yeah, I was reading a, uh, an article this morning about uh, fruit and vegetable intake and decreasing the risk of heart disease and stroke and, uh, and cancer. And, uh, you know, most of what we recommend for kids and adults is five servings a day of fruits and vegetables. Mm-hmm. And they've taken it one step further to say, okay, we know that's beneficial, but what if we went even further? What if we went with 10 servings a mm-hmm. day of fruits and vegetables? And uh, not too surprisingly, you see even more benefits with that. But uh, it's interesting, one of the, the uh, criticisms of that uh, study was we can't even get people to, to eat five servings of fruits and vegetables. <laughs> you know, probably two is, is uh, right. doing good. And, uh, you know, I, I'll admit, you know, we were just talking earlier, uh, you know, about my kids and their crazy schedules and uh, with sports and school and everything. It is incredibly hard to plan that. Uh, and then, of course, you always get pushback from kids. You know, it's always... The candy that they want, or the sugary sports drink that they want, even if they're not out there, you know, uh, doing stuff. So it's it is a a challenge sometimes to think about nutrition, but it it can affect everything in your life. And uh, some great research on that. A lot more coming out every year that demonstrates the benefits of that. That can really spill over into areas that we can't even think about. Uh, and it And it makes sense, um certainly, in a place like Mississippi, we should be able to grow everything uh to meet those needs uh but but we you know it is challenging to do that sometimes with busy schedules, but certainly, as part of a healthy routine for your teeth that 's always a good thing to build into it is is healthy nutrition
1: yeah and, and i'll i'll i 'll expound on that just to just to touch with uh with just oral hygiene and and kind of what i you know, when I meet young patients and, and we talk about toothbrushing and flossing and stuff, you know, I, I really encourage them to to be brushing at least twice a day. For two minutes at a time and uh, not 20 seconds, you know, um, <laughs> I, I, encourage, uh, our patients to, for it not to be the last thing you do before you run out to school in the morning or, or right before you go to bed, you know, take your time, um, spend a minute on the, on the upper arch and a minute on the lower, you know, I, I, I candidly say that a lot of times that's like the length of a whole song. A lot of these right. kids are listening to music 24 yeah. seven. And so <laughs> brush your teeth for a whole song, you know, exactly. and, um, and, and floss you know on a regular basis too that's a, that can be a struggle to teach these kids how to do but uh you know that's a third of our tooth uh a third of the surfaces of our tooth structure can only be cleaned with uh, with running some floss through there a few times a week too so absolutely
0: so here's an email question that we have uh if a to- if you have a toddler who doesn't like to brush their teeth what can be done instead of toothbrushing to have good dental health so that's a great I, – I get that one a lot in clinic. You know, I can't get little Johnny to brush his teeth. What mm-hmm. What do I do? Is there anything else I can do? And uh, I'll I'll say what I say to him, and you can dovetail off of that. So Sounds good. Um, you know, I, I mentioned to them there are lots of things as parents, particularly of toddlers. Toddlers, uh, you know, at that age group, they push boundaries. They're sort of – in my mind, there's two big ages where, where kids push boundaries – one is in that toddler age, and then the other is when they get to be adolescents. And if they don't have good boundaries uh, and, and have consistent boundaries about things, then you can, you're going to be dealing with problems downline, uh, downstream from that. So, so brushing the teeth is just a habit. It's a habit that you get into. Uh, you know, make uh, some general principles is if you tell a toddler, if you yell at them, a lot about doing something they 're just not going to do it they 're probably going to find ways to get around that, uh, and when they get older, certainly you know an adolescent or even a, a younger child uh, they 're just not going to do it, but making it fun is probably one of the best things and trying to stick with it and making it fun instead of abandoning it it completely if it 's good for them, I would encourage them to do that if you have other kids in the family, you know a little positive reinforcement is always a good thing, so a little little uh, enjoyable, seeing their peers doing that, seeing their parents. You mentioned mm-hmm. modeling. Uh, that's all important. Uh, having a scheduled time where you do it, where you make it a priority. This is the time we're going to brush our teeth. Um, and, uh, it. you know, looking, you can really do some detriment to it. You know, kids don't like stuff being put in their mouth. Trust me. I mean, I've done a thousand, you know, throat swabs, uh, and, and they just don't like, nobody likes anything stuck in their mouth. Uh, so it takes a little bit of trust, and you don't want to go at a child saying you have to brush your teeth and you know shove that toothbrush down their down their mouth uh, as you're doing that uh, for them. So making it, it you know enjoyable is is one of the things, and sticking with that and trying to you know reinforce that. But there are some other things that might you know it, it's not going to be as good as brushing your teeth, but there are some other things you can do. Sure. Yeah, I would agree
1: with, with everything you said. Um, consistency with that routine is so important. And and like you said, making it fun. I can remember with my, our own children, we used to sing a song. You know, we would sing a song while we brushed their teeth, and they knew that when that song was over, they were going to be finished, you know. <laughs> and um, But, you know, even when our kids are, are really small and, and those teeth start coming in and, and we need to brush them, I would... Recommend you know, put them in your lap, you know, kind of joke about to sort of turning them upside down a little bit and uh, and brush those things. You can, there are different aids, there are different size toothbrushes, so make sure you get the right size brush. Uh, get them a, f- a flavor of toothpaste that so they can get excited about, you know, they're, they got toothbrushes with yeah, well, every every Disney character in the world yeah, on them it's, these it's days. It's not like it was when I grew up, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Absolutely. There was like
0: maybe maybe two kinds of
1: toothpaste. Right. That I can remember. So let them pick out something that they're excited about using, and then um, and then just help them. You know, once once they. Um, once they let you in there and realize that it's not that bad, um, just like you were saying, Jimmy, you know, let, let let Big Brother come in there and brush his teeth while you're yeah. doing that, or you brush their teeth right next to him. Um, but but I really uh, I really do recommend continuing to supervise that time because um, just asking them if they did it is rarely <laughs> good enough.
0: You know. Yeah, yeah that's uh, that that's. You you can trust your kids with some things, but uh, you know, eat this candy; they will do it. They, you gotta uh, brushing their teeth, probably not. But what about what about mouthwashes and fluoride and that kind of thing? I mean, is that something that's beneficial? Or? Absolutely, yeah. We um, there are a lot of different products
1: out there. Uh, the main ingredient in most of those is a, is, a, is a fluoride. Uh, there are lots of different types of fluoride, but fluoride does uh, decrease the solubility of enamel. So, in a way, so it uh,
0: makes it less. It makes it Harder, basically. Yes, in yeah. a way,
1: it makes it a little bit harder. It makes it a little less likely for those pores to to be able to accept some of the the harmful effects that can happen. So, um, I de- I recommend that. You know, there are a lot a lot of different brands out there, and and most of them are, are pretty similar. You know, but something over
0: the counter can be great. You know, yeah. um, to use use on a daily basis. And then certainly there's a lot of people would use a sealant sometimes in their practice. I know there's there may be a little bit of controversy with that. Is it helpful? Is it not? But in I imagine in some individuals, particularly those that aren't brushing a lot, it might Sure. Yeah. Everybody each each child,
1: each person has a different risk for caries or for dental cavities. And uh your dentists, your pediatric dentists are, are ones that are looking at that and kind of assessing um that risk level. So to what level you fall in, they might recommend some sealants. And what a sealant is is it's a, it's a small, um, thin amount of resin that they flow down into the deep cracks uh, and, and pits and fissures of your teeth, and it allows that tooth to to be cleaned a little bit easier and and hopefully to prevent decay there. So it's yeah. uh, it's 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 definitely an ounce of prevention that goes a long
0: way. Absolutely. Yes, it, and you mentioned sort of just the fascination with teeth and and uh, you know how they develop. It's always fascinating to me that all the things that we can put on teeth is never as strong as that original enamel that's on teeth i mean it's you think about what you eat over a lifetime and uh and certainly enamel does wear down mm-hmm. with increased use but uh it's amazing how strong a material that is. It is. You know, our teeth put up with a lot.
1: You know, we use them um, daily to eat, to yeah. speak, to... Um, Some people we,
0: use them as tools.
1: <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> and uh, But you're right. It, it, it is an amazing structure and, and surface, and um I want you to take care of it, you know, because we want it to
0: last a long time. Yeah, it's... it's uh Certainly, anything that you can prevent happening, and you know, with any kind of health issue, whether that's dental or or otherwise, uh, you you really it's a whole lot easier to prevent those things from happening rather than to wait for them to happen uh, over time. And um, so, you mentioned a little bit about uh, you know the classic age that you have. We've got a couple of minutes left. I just wanted to mention this. So, what can you expect long term? Let's say somebody has braces, maybe in their teens. They have a good outcome from that. Um, it, what are the chances that they, that they would, you know, at least have to to do braces again or some other type of corrective measure as an adult?
1: Yeah, that's a great question, and uh, it's a topic that I talk about every single day I go to work, and um, and that topic is called retention. Um, everybody's probably heard of a retainer. A retainer is something that keeps your teeth from unwanted tooth movement. Okay, from from moving after treatment. Uh, after orthodontic treatment, you know, we get really excited about how the teeth look and the patients are really excited. And, and that's kind of when I describe the, the work to really begin. And, um, and and what I mean by that is that um, retainers, they've got to be worn uh, or else the teeth kind of have uh, almost like a memory uh, with the, this different orientation of uh, the, the gingival fibers that want to pull and rotate that tooth back. Um so we prescribe a, a certain type of retainer and uh, and ask that patient to continue to wear that. Okay? Just to keep
0: everything in place.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And if they do, and a lot of patients do, they wear it for a long time, they'll continue to, to enjoy that, that result, and it'll
0: be nice and long-lasting. Yeah, always a hard thing to do to uh, keep doing things when everything's going well. You're so, right. <laughs> Dr. Gamlin, thank you for being here with us today on Southern Remedy Kids and Teens. Southern Remedy Kids and Teens is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded in part by a grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Today's show was engineered by Sam Wells. I'm Dr. Jimmy, and again, special thanks to Dr. Jeff Gamblin. You can join us next Thursday at 11 for Southern Remedy Kids and Teens, and stay tuned for NPR's Here and Now, coming up next on MPB Think Radio.